Hello, and welcome to I Thought You Were Special, episode number three. I'm Alice. And I am Missy. So today we are going to crack open um, Garbage's second album, version 2.0. Now, it's been a little while since we recorded our last episode. Uh, Missy, have you listened to the, the first Garbage album at all? I have. I listened to it once through. I really enjoyed it. At the time, I had, I'm sure, all sorts of vivid thoughts, but it has been, it's been two weeks since we last recorded, and a lot has happened between then and now, uh, and so my, that's, that's fair, yeah. my brain has, has absorbed it, but I, I just remember, really, the tracks that we listened to sticking out, and I, and I know that's because, again, we had listened to them, but of the two that we didn't listen to on the podcast, Super Vixen, Super Vixen, which is track one on the album, I thought was yes. a great, great way to start the album. It really had that nice yes. intro energy, got me going. Um, Queer's the one that is after that, and then only happy, only happy when it yep. rains. Then the um, fifth track is the other one, uh, Not My Idea, was the one that I enjoyed. And that was more of on a lyrical level. I enjoyed kind of uh, all yeah. of that. But no, I, I really... I mean... As someone with social anxiety, that that song's very relatable. Like, I say to myself, "This is not my idea of a good time." All the time, actually. That is kind of how I connected to it as well. One of those things where you're like, "Oh, this might be a good idea. I'm going to try it." But then when you get into it, you're like, "Yeah, this is not how I'm enjoying myself," and that's sometimes fine. You know, not everyone's going to have the same way of doing yeah. it. But you know, I really, really enjoyed the album overall. Stupid Girl is still that's number one banger. Like I. That is, my, again, my phone knows after basically every song that I click it on there, Stupid Girl is one of the first three songs that comes on after whatever I'm playing because it just knows to get that in rotation <laughs> quickly. And other garbage songs have tried to sneak their way on. I have diligently clicked that skip button as fast as I can so I wouldn't even hear the first few beats to get that. And I'm like, nope, I see garbage before it starts. I'm like, nope, no, 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 no. So I've avoided it and have kept my my ears virgin for version 2.0. I'm so excited. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about this album. Uh, this album came out in, I believe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check my 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 year here. Um, this album came out in 1998. Um, it was called version 2.0 as a sort of as a nod to the fact that they used a lot of computer um, computer music pr- production during the during the creation of this album, which was fairly novel at the time. I think like the idea of, of, of versioning software and, and that stuff is now very well understood by the public. Um, but in 1998, this was still pretty seen as kind of cutting edge and and, and, and niche for for um a band and i remember a lot of the press about them at the time was talking about how they were so futuristic with all their synthesizers and things um and so yeah that also um that also dovetails into the sound of the um the sound of the of the the songs there are, there are there's going to be a little more electronics there's going to be some more drum machines and such um it's it's a little less straightforward guitar rock than than the first album but i'm curious to know what you think and so let's go into our first video which is the video for the song push it i assume that the ooh ah push it push it real Un- good. completely unrelated all right okay. i am cued and i am ready and we will do it in 3 Two, one, boop. 
So this is this is seen as the like most famous video from 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 Garbage. It is their um it is their favorite video. They've said they've said in multiple times in interviews. Um, I, I tried to warn you earlier um, in a previous episode that the uh, the fucked up little guy is a staple of garbage videos, and this 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 is the full embodiment of it. Oh, I'm very excited. So there, yeah. I mean, we've already had nuns covering themselves. We we got we got we got the static uh, boy in in a grocery store with with Shirley. Ooh, and those are nuns with guns. One of the big things here is that a, a lot of the different scenes take uh, use different types of film and different types of cameras to give it a different visual effect. Very cool that to be able to find a empty grocery store to be able to film this entire set uh, video in. Ooh, the nuns use the power of Christ to give us color. Because it went from black and white now to being oh, and some sexy alien beings. Yeah, conjoined twins. Inner uh, panning shot of the band standing in front of a meat counter. She's doing the dishes. It looks like in a bathroom. Man with a light bulb head. Creepy Aryan ghost. Yeah. Like yes. children. So this 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 video really broke big for the band. Um, I, I'm sure if you can imagine, like late night in the '90s, watching MTV and seeing this this shit. Um, mm-hmm. This song was also a really huge hit. Um, it was their biggest single at the time. Um, the the sort of driving club beat and stuff is is um, meant that it, it appealed both to I think electronic music fans in clubs and and modern rock radio. More children in costumes, like some of the previous music videos. Yeah, I like the different um, uses of film cameras, you said, because some of this looks like old home footage. Some of it looks like stock footage. Some of this looks like, you know, professionally shot mm-hmm. uh, music video. It, it's a really, a really just a, a broad mix. Now we're in a sepia world. Mm-hmm. The man walking through a graveyard. Yeah, of all the music videos that we've done, this is the one yeah. where we're going to be able to verbally communicate the least amount of visual yeah. that's happening. Because you really need to watch this one. Quick moving feast. Yeah, I think that I think those gar- those those graveyard shots were shot at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Just just throwing characters at the screen. Here's yeah. here's Shirley with this sort of androgynous David Bowie look, where she's wearing a navy uniform. Exactly. Lady getting out of a water tank. And now we have a girl mm-hmm. sitting on top of a table with with SWAT officers. Mm-hmm. More cutaways of a Victorian home. The abandoned grocery store conjoined twins. The fact that I can say that sentence yeah. at it has an applicable oh, description oh, but what's gonna happen what's gonna happen here oh the masking so the 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 masked black hooded figure 
tore off their mask, and it was Shirley the whole time. Uh huh. Driving away in an old 1950s Beetle. Ooh. So that was push it. What did you think? That was that was intense. Visually, much more. It's it's interesting thinking about the first music video and sort of the time that it had and let a lot of the shots linger. And this is quick. This is clearly built post MTV success where they know we got to have a flashy mm-hmm. video, lots of visuals. That's how you can get people's attention. And I mean, they were moving in that direction in the first album, but this one went all in and it's a lot. Um, the music was also a lot, just in that it was very heavy. Yeah. Um, uh, guitar and that's a it's a big one to start off with I and mean, that's that's what i'm also thinking is like wow this is where we're yep. starting i'm curious where these videos will take us but what what other information do you have oh, about this sure. song i'm curious to know more about the yeah so it. push it was the first single it was seen as the is the highest the, the the song that would have the most impact i think the music video really captures the fact that the song has these like crescendos. It's kind of like modern EDM where it like it lulls and then it builds and then it explodes when you get to the chorus where she says push it and the the beat really the beat really takes over. Um one notable thing is that um at one point in the song Shirley sings um don't worry baby it'll be all right. Um don't worry baby um we'll be okay tonight which which has which was basically the same lyrics from the Beach Boys song "Don't Worry, Baby," written by Brian Wilson, and it oh. it was mass- it was un- incorrectly reported at the time at there being a lot of conflict. Reportedly, Brian Wilson was very much in favor of the song, but I believe his record label did sue Garbage's record label and did end up getting a, a significant portion of the proceeds for the song and a co-writing credit just because she she mm-hmm. reused lines from that from that song. Um, this was also. Um, Oh, sorry. The video was directed by the video was directed by Andrea Giacobbi, who is an Italian fashion photographer. Um, there's not a lot of information about him. You can you can visit his. He has a website. You can you can see his current portfolio and stuff. But he didn't make a lot of videos. This was this was very much a one off. And I think um, at the time, the this video cost seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to make, which is the most money Garbage had ever spent on a, on a promotional video before. And promotional videos tend to be come out of the artist's own pocket. Like they pay, like the artist pays for the the music video out of the advance or out of the proceeds of the album. And so this was a big bet for garbage. But um, again, in interviews, they talk about how much they love this video and it was really like the quintessential garbage video. Yeah. I can tell that they threw a lot of ideas in there knowing that this was going to be the big lead. Like you can see where the money is mm-hmm. in this because of all the different locations, all the special effects for people, the makeup and things, the yeah. actors, the special effects. Yeah. Like it is, it's not one of those things where you're like, where did the money go? Like, no, all the money is on screen and they really capitalize. Like I'm still just running in my head and realizing there's just visuals. And, you know, there was a, a Navy seal lady who was doing stretching in a hotel lobby that we hadn't encountered. And that was like minute three fifty of a four, you know, yeah. four, four minute, whatever song. And we were just doing new things. Like it's, it was a lot, but I, I, 
I it doesn't surprise me that it was more of an art guy who directed this versus mm-hmm. like a, a more commercial or director because it it really it doesn't have a clean focus, which is obviously what they yeah. wanted. They really wanted to just have you move through all of yeah, just just overwhelming Gosh. visuals. I think to try to match with a song that that can overwhelm the senses, um, the sort of like I said, it builds and surges and then it explodes in the chorus. Yeah, I mean your song is called Push It, and they really mm-hmm. pushed it <laughs> with this music oh, yeah. video. It really would be interesting to have been. Uh, like, to be curious about what else was going on at MTV at the time when this music video hit. Because I this really, as you said, would have blown a lot of people's minds coming in late and then just being like, wait, I need to see this music video again because there's so much stuff in here I missed. Like, I'm going to be happy watching it again because I know there's so much stuff that mm-hmm. I missed just in absorbing everything. Absolutely. Um, so this song was actually my entry point into the band. Um I talked. To, I talked a little bit about in the last in the previous episodes about how I hadn't really encountered garbage much. I I, I found I, I got Stupid Girl on one of the Grammy nominee CDs, but I hadn't really just been into the band at all. And so I have to tell you this story. I want you to think back to a, to an to an earlier time in 1998. Little Alice is in middle school, and she's she's really into this thing that Nintendo used to put on called Camp Hyrule, and Camp Hyrule was an online um, summer camp where you signed up, you got sorted into a cabin, and then you went to a website that had interactive like flash games and, and an interactive chat room. Um, each of the cabins was given a counselor who was one of the people who worked at the Nintendo tip line um, at the time. And the and so and so you would talk to the counselors. They would have like art contests, and 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 they would do interviews with with famous Nintendo people. And so th- it was a week long in in July, and I I signed up and went for the first time in 1998. Um, and I was so in love with this thing. Um, during one of the one of the days where the people were just hanging out in the in the main chat room, um. One of the counselors who was who whose whose online handle was NOA underscore Samus um was talking about how much she liked the band Garbage. Um and she and she said, like, oh, I really like the song Push It by Garbage. And Alice, trying to trying to be cool, like and suck up to suck up to the Nintendo employee, was like, Oh, I know that band Garbage. I like that song Stupid Girl. Um and so then that same day, I went to my local Blockbuster video and I bought version 2.0 on CD. And my life has been forever changed. The rest is history right there. It's an album that yeah. you didn't know how much would change your life. That's great. It's, I mean, as a, as a cohesive album, it's incredible. I think Push It is an amazing song. I think... I think the, the 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 sonic palette that you were going to experience as we go through version 2.0 is really interesting and it was like it was like nothing else I'd heard at the time. I think like prior to this the bands I had really been into were Weird Al and the Wallflowers. So Garbage really like took took hold in my in my brain in in a real big way. I got super obsessed with the band. I I would go to the Sam Goody at my local mall and I would buy all of the import CDs, which is how I know about a lot of the B-sides for this album. I have the I have the like Japanese only releases of the I think I'm paranoid, push it and um special 
um, single single releases, and um, we're gonna talk about it a little later. But Afterglow, the the song that that is our theme song for this podcast, was actually on one of those CD singles, and that was how I discovered it. Oh, that is so absolutely cool. I I I'm not a single collector, but I love reading about album releases and the different singles that came out there because. By the time I was growing up, singles were still a concept, like, because you had cassette singles, but records were on the way out, Mm -hmm. CDs were in, so people were releasing singles more so for radio promotion at the time anyways. It was about penetrating the top 40 radio, and that's all that it was. Like, sales of singles were were kind of still a thing, so they really, as you said, making those decisions and finding interesting which, which ones they lead with, depending upon which country, um, because yeah, even the fact that there are different singles in Europe and Japan, a huge market that has specialty singles. I know there was, you mentioned Weird Al, one of the, the singles, there's a, a Dare to be Stupid Japanese uh, single, which is a huge collector's item because it was just released mm-hmm. in there. And I think it was partly because it was popular from the Transformers film yes. that it happened to be in. You know, that's just, that's just one of the examples I happen to know. But yeah, it, the single market is fascinating. So the fact that Push It is the lead single from it, and that they led with that music video, you're right, it really wants to get attention to be like, hey, that this is our sound now for the first album. We're not quite stupid girl. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and and Push It also got some some very, um, got some remixes by some some of the famous um, electronic music artists at the time. I know Victor Calderon was one of the, the famous ones. Um, and, and they they were really trying to make sure that 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 it could cross over into like dance clubs and stuff at the time. That's really interesting. Yeah, I yeah. But little little like little thirteen year old Alice didn't really care about that. She just wanted to suck up to the Nintendo of America employee. But it, it worked out because I I love I love this band and and that was really the thing that pushed me over the edge into, um, you know, finding out more about this band and and it leads us here today, um. Yeah, let, let's let's move on to our second single. Um, our second single is "I Think I'm Paranoid." This is this song was featured in Rock Band, which is how, how I think a lot of people know about it. Um, this video also Missy's pointing at herself. Mm-hmm. That's how I know it. I sung this song a lot in high school. Well, not even high school, in college, onward. Yeah, um, this video didn't get as much play, and we'll talk a little bit about that while while it's while we're while we're watching it. Um, let's let's get ready to go. Whenever you're ready, I am ready. In the three, two, one, boop. And this opening riff, yes, this is definitely in my head. So we're seeing we're seeing. Um, Shirley's lips framed in, in in a square. Um her and the band are, are basically in this um photo space in front of a backdrop. This video also became fairly iconic for for a lot of the the, the sort of looks and like like glares at the camera that Shirley does during this video. Um but it's but in comparison to Push It, it is intentionally designed to be much simpler. No characters, basically only one setting. That was all. That was all um, conscious choices by the band. Yeah, this feels like a response to their first song, just black and white. I mean, I I just be repeating all the things that you said, but in a minimal style. That I mean, everything they do is very specific, but 
I noticed right away, I'm like, okay, they were giving the other option for MTPD. Be like, here's your one that's not as busy, but it's just about yeah. the song. So I never actually saw this video on MTV. I think I think I missed it, but I did see it in pop-up video a lot, um, which was the VH1 show where they would put little facts about the about the videos on top of the on top of the video. And one of the facts, I, the only fact I really remember was that this video was banned in some countries because um, there is at some point in the video a shot where you can kind of see up Shirley Manson's skirt and see her underwear. When she does a crouching pose, mm-hmm. um, again, again, like like another wardrobe malfunction that that seems so so tame now in comparison. Yeah, I think I saw the shot earlier where she, you know, as you said, bent down and her undies were her undies were showing. Yeah. Slightly risque, but I, it didn't even phase me. I saw it, and I'm like, oh yeah. I was more focusing on the on the box shots that were going on. Yeah, I love this dress that they have her in. What are you thinking about the song? Oh, this song has been in the back of my brain for, you know, over a decade. Um, That's true. Yeah. But I I like it. It, I will say it wasn't my favorite song from Rock Band. It, I, it did, um, I think it did me wrong in giving me an understanding of Garbage's sound. Because I don't think I realized it they had songs that were more broadly electronic than, than this. Yeah. Interesting. You were talking about lyrics in the last one, because she says, bend me, break me any way you need me, which is a slight variation of uh, bend me, shape me any way you want me. Uh, from oh gosh, I can't even think of who's saying it. I want to see Paul Revere and the Raiders, but that's not right. I think it's American, somewhere yes. or the other. But yeah, it, you know. so there, the that the 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 author, the songwriter for that song also sued Garbage. Oh, um, they did. Okay. But that my, under, my my understanding of that one is that one got thrown out. Interesting. I wonder what the difference would be. Lawyers probably the how good of lawyers you can hire. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so this video was directed by Matthew Rolston. He is he was one of the mo- premier fashion photographers in the '90s, um, and he also directed hundreds of music videos. Um, uh, his Wikipedia talks about how he basically was largely responsible for a lot of the look that was popular in the '90s, and I think like y- like you can definitely see that the influence of of like a fashion photographer on this video in terms of it's it's set up in a simple with a backdrop. There's a there's a lot of focus on movement of clothes. Um, and, and close-ups and things, whereas I think there are shots of the band performing, but they're not really the main focus. No, not at all. It really is a visual centering around um, Shirley and everything. Again, it's the interesting part of that she is such 
the front person for this. Mm-hmm. That it, when you hear the behind the scenes of just how it's such a collaborative effort, that oh, can yeah. absolutely get lost upon just the cursory knowledge of this mm-hmm. group. Yeah, and and in many cases, um, they wrote the songs together, or someone, one of the members of the band would write the the melody of the song. And although everyone did contribute, Shirley was for the primary so- like lyric writer, um, since she was the singer as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is. I guess I just always find it interesting when artists are willing to give up the limelight because they know that there's better success or a better whatever it is when they're not themselves being the the, per, the people that are in it or, or that it's not as equal spread. It is sort of, you know, knowing that we're going to put this person in here. And when you're the lead singer, you know, that goes with the territory, that is just part of it. But yeah, I guess I just find it interesting the people who are okay being in the background. Yeah. Um, more The most important fact about Matthew Rolston is that he directed the music video for Miley Cyrus's The Climb, which is the com- most completely batshit video I've ever seen. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a special clip here where where we're gonna pull up Miley Cyrus's The Climb because it is. Oh, I, I only saw this video okay. for the first time like I think a couple of years ago. It's it is so wild. That's a song that I remember when it was a, like a top 40 hit on the radio. I was just surprised it was oh, a yeah. radio song. Because it it's such a downbeat and a ballad that that normally isn't what's hitting through on the top 40. Sure. So here we go. Matthew Rolston directing Miley Cyrus in the climb in three, two, one. Their bonus video. Well, that first clip of her walking had almost a paint effect over it. Okay, I just want you to try to describe what you're seeing yeah, and she, how you're reacting so to she's it She's walking through a bad Georgia O'Keeffe, Santa Fe desert landscape. Now she's on the... There's the second setting, which is her on her knees in a black box concert space. Well, now we have gone to a horse field horse field a field with horses and she's strapping her guitar to herself in the black box space and playing with a a purple moonbeam light shining through onto her and now she's back in that desert scape with a rose on the ground we're only moving between two different sets and i'm finding it hard to describe as we go through here for it it's the climb. Ugh, that refrain just ate into the back of my brain. Okay, so it's the comet going through and she sees it and it's... What was it with those horses? Was she in a movie about horses and that's why this song was made? Because it feels like one of those films where it's from a film and they insert clips of it in there, but... Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. Otherwise... It hasn't been about horses. It... Well, there was also a she... guy she was she was romancing. Yeah. And now the horses are back again on the rainy CGI 
landscape. It's like, I say it's walking through a George O'Keefe painting, and I say that because it has a textured look to it that looks like it's meant to be a painting. But I should say more of like a Thomas Kincaid painting. That's what we're looking at there. This is as our as our friend retired filmmaker George Lucas would say, some real digital magic. Yeah, and now she's on a rope swing into a waterfall lake with a guy there still is that the which, same guy which, from earlier which was real footage as compared to the the awful green screen that we're seeing yeah here. she's taking her boots off while sitting in the middle of what is actually just a old rural road that has cracked pavement but i believe cars could still drive on this and she's just taking out her acoustic guitar which she's still using in the black box part okay she's yeah, suddenly so very was, drenched this was part of some film, because we get getting clips to like that. This is actually going to be very thematic to our last video. Now that I, now that I'm rewatching this, is there's some weird serendipity you're going to see here. But yes, it's that is the most insane video I think I've ever seen. Um, I had to make sure that we talked about it. We have another bonus. We'll have another bonus clip afterwards. Oh but boy, oh boy. Um, this is our final. This is the final video that we're going to be covering. It's the third single of version 2.0. Uh, it's the song "Special," which is where we get the title of our our podcast from. Um, this is my favorite song. I think just generally my favorite song. This is my favorite of the garbage videos. Um, this is the one I really connected with. Um, I'm really here. I'm really excited for you to watch this video. I, this is also my favorite video. Um, I love Push It. I love all their other ones, but this is the one that just, just I fell in love with. Shifted in my chair. I'm getting my body ready. I am hyped. I ain't gonna see Alice's favorite here. <laughs> and we're gonna get that started as we always do. Three, two, one, boop. I'm feeling special for special. Oh, we have a story. In the year 3030, Queen Astera has taken to the skies to defend her once peaceful, peaceful homeland from the evil lord Garbania, who seek to rule the universe. She has but one last chance to thwart the that wicked their wicked way, that wicked one. Just I know what you're talking about with CGI messes now. Yeah, so the setting here kind of looks like one of the settings from the, the the end of the Miley Cyrus video, although there, again this music video was made in like 1999 as compared to 2009, and it, the 2009 one didn't change. So we have Shirley and all of the band members in their own um their own custom airplanes. It's kind of like a future punk thing where World War One style airplanes got turned into a steampunk future. Shirley is the Queen Astra. She's 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 wearing a red coat with with a fur trim, um, and there's there's lots of shots of her in the cockpit trying to trying to dogfight her way out of out of this. Oh, I thought I was gonna crash there, but they are better than that. This is visually very interesting. I love the the dogfighting aesthetics we have going on. Now we see now we see um now we see Duke trying to go after Shirley. Oh, one down.
Two down. I'm really listening to the lyrics a lot on this. Yeah, that was that's the name of our podcast. Her lips are just gorgeous. Uh huh. Yeah, she's incredible. I love this look with her hair slicked back and this this very stylish outfit. Oh, here comes Steve. Again, Steve in a completely different designed airplane. My understanding is when they, in order to film this video, they actually built out each of the cockpits and put them on a moving gimbal so that they could actually move the, move them versus versus trying to move the camera. They actually moved the, the cockpits around to That's get a lot really of That's really interesting. Yeah. They had to have gotten that technique from, you know, the actual filming of dogfights and stuff in movies. Because I wouldn't have thought about it that way. But yeah, once you said that, it's like, oh, duh, of course. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell that they're not CGI compared to the rest of the music video, for sure. Yes. And like this CGI is not good, but I think it kind of holds up because of the because of the real cockpits, especially grounding you. And the fact that the they didn't try to do too much with the visuals in the sense of it's not overblown with a bunch of bad CGI. It's mostly yeah. just uh, the oh. Yeah, her her plane is going down. To be continued. Oh boy, I didn't realize we we're going to be ending uh, on a cliffhanger here. Uh, I hate to inform you, it was never continued. Um, oh, canceled. This video was directed by Don Shadforth, who was a film who is a a filmmaker, and she did a very intricate treatment for the 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 video with the with, you know highlighting the dog fighting and the unique airplanes and such and Shirley at the Shirley was in interviews talked about how it's so unlike what you would expect for this song and it was so novel that they were definitely very into it um they really they really tried to um they tried to give um each of the each of the planes and their cockpits special character and in an interview um Shirley talked about how the dynamics of the video and how the how the characters interact with one another in the video kind of mirrors the chemistry of the band in a certain way and that was something that 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 Dawn wasn't necessarily aware of but she kind of um stumbled upon really well um I've I've always loved this video. I love that it creates this sort of world very quickly. Um, I've always wished that there was more stuff set in this world. Like I think like a video game set in this world would be really cool. So like I said, this is my favorite song. This is my favorite video. I'm gonna send you a picture in Discord right now. Um, and and we can put this up with the show. Maybe we can make this a show art for this episode. Um, this is a tattoo I have on the back of my leg. Oh my word! This is a reveal for me. That's amazing, and 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 that is the fur coat yes. that she's or vest, I should it, say, that she's wearing. It is. It is. Yeah, it's the outfit she wears in the video. I I told I talked to this was done by uh, Marlena Mortati at Royal Heritage Tattoo out here in in Venice. It's I. It's one of my favorite tattoos. Um, I I basically said like, hey, I want you to draw like a a sort of like World War Two pinup. 
for um this for Shirley Manson in this outfit. Um and 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 if you watch the video, there aren't a lot of shots of the outfit. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's kind of hard to to deal with and I and I put I I pulled some screenshots and I sent her the video and she just absolutely knocked it out of the park. I love this tattoo. Um and yeah, it, it, it like it it just I love this video. I love this world so much. I love this song. Every time I've seen Garbage play, when they they always play this song, it's one of it's one of their 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 favorites. And every time that sort of like that small guitar intro kicks off, I just start crying immediately. It's it's it it brings me so much joy to hear this song and to hear Shirley sing it and and to think about all the all the time I've I've, I've spent listening to this song. I'm just staring at this tattoo. It's funny when you start start talking about being a pinup because basically just before you said it, I was looking at being like, what does this remind me of? And it's like that that's exactly what it is, that pinup style. And it, just her the look on her face, the wink, the coyness, the uh, the strong arm like the Rosie the Riveter arm mm-hmm. and uh, the amount of the cut of the vest that we see, get that sexy, what do you call it? The midriff? Hip, midriff, that's the word. I'm, so, I'm such a bad guy, I don't even know the word midriff. Um, but that reveal into, like, it's just gorgeous. Like, this is a very well done tattoo, and I look forward to posting this uh, online for everyone to see, because I'm, I'm just, just stunned at just uh, how good of a depiction it is of a drawing of a artist where if I saw this, I would get all of what Shirley's vibe is about. And I would, you would put on a music video or her music and I would say, yep, this is a picture of that person. And I get Mm -hmm. that. It's really good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy with it. I also just want to say this photo is, I took this photo literally like right before we started recording. So this is the healed version. Um, not, not, not the, not the fresh version, which is typically much brighter. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, I just love it so much. Um, we have one more bonus clip that we can talk about. Yes. If you're ready to I move love, on. Um, I love bonus clips. Show me more. Show me more. Okay. So I'm going to send this to you. It is the music. It is not a music video. It is a live video for the song Afterglow, which is the theme song to our podcast. Oh, Wonderful. And so Afterglow was one of the B-sides. It was on, I think I'm paranoid. Um, it also came with another song called Deadwood, which is also pretty good. Um, this song is, is slower. It's more of a it's more of a ballad. It's very moody. Um, it's widely believed that this was a song that they wrote as if they were trying out to write a James Bond theme, which, as you know, they eventually do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think this song's better than the James Bond theme. I love this song. Um it's 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 fairly short, um, but we're gonna watch this clip and then I'm gonna talk about why I'm playing this clip afterwards. So this is okay. a this is a live clip from Garbage playing on September fourth in Edinburgh. Um, this was on the version 2.0 20 year tour where they did an anniversary tour of all of version 2.0 where they played all of the the B sides in addition to the album. Um, and yeah, this then this was in Edinburgh, Scotland, where where. Shirley Shirley was more from Glasgow than Edinburgh, but it is in Scotland where Shirley's from. Here we go. In three, two, one. Boop. This was actually how they opened this the show. So this is the first this is the first song the first song of the set. That intro is so gorgeous. 
voice is so incredible. Just smooth. And so, like... This song was only on singles that was based that were basically only released overseas and you had to you had to import them. So this was before like Spotify and, and iTunes bonus tracks and stuff. And so for a long time, knowing about this song and, and all the B sides really kind of felt like a like a secret secret clubhouse sort of. Um and and so I also never got to think I never thought that I would get to hear this song performed live. And so going to one of these shows, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, um, was was like, oh, I get to hear like one of my favorite songs that I never thought I'd get to hear live be performed. The song is so slow and pulsating that it really keeps you hypnotically pulled in. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really sultry. It's kind of, I think, the opposite end of sexy from, like, when we listen to um, Number One Crush, where I think that one was more trying to play up, like, the 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 like coquettish sexiness this one is more the older woman the 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 the, the madam who seduces you it has a confidence where there's no need to impress because they know that it is in itself impressive and it doesn't mm-hmm. need that I wish this song was better known because I think it's I think it's an incredible song. And I guess we're trying to do our part with this podcast. Certainly. Okay, so let me talk a little bit about why I picked this clip. Um I picked this clip partially because the audio is is much better than the clip I wanted to pull, which was from the sh- their show the next night in Glasgow, September fifth, twenty eighteen. Um, I talked about how Garbage was my favorite band, basically since I was a kid. Since I since I was, um, since I was thirteen, I w- I've been obsessed with this band. Um, when I was a kid, I for some reason decided that my lucky number was thirty four, and so. Just completely arbitrarily, I would I would just mentally think about how thirty four was my lucky number. Um, Garbage was playing their version 2.0 20 year show in Glasgow, Scotland, which is a city prior to this I'd always wanted to visit. On September fifth, twenty eighteen, which was my thirty fourth birthday. Destiny, right? Serendipity. It felt like. As soon as I learned this, I think it was like I was like two a.m. I was looking at it. I was reading the internet um, at two a.m. and I saw this and I was like, "Well, I have to go, right? I have to go." Um, and they played at the they played at the Barrowlands Ballroom in Glasgow, which is the historic venue. Um, it's a it's a gorgeous venue, and um, and so I went I went to Glasgow for a week um, for my thirty fourth birthday, and I saw my favorite band play my favorite album. Um, on my birthday, which was the lucky number when I was a kid. I see a lot of coincidences come together, but yeah. these are the kind of things when there's so many, you're like, 
well, what else? Like, universe, you really are throwing me a solid here. Like, thank you for combining all of these things together for meaning that really is only for me. But that meaning that you had with all those elements, like, like what did you feel like on the night? What was it like to be at the concert itself and those first moments where where this song started playing? Yeah, so so I will tell you, I had a very uncharitable thought at the beginning of the of the the show, and I also wanted you to watch this video because Shirley decided to not wear much makeup on these nights, um, both the video we watched and and in the Glasgow show, and the, as she stepped out, I had the thought, and I, I'm not proud of this, I had the thought, oh, Shirley's getting old, um, but and then my second thought was, well, I'm getting old too. We're all getting old, um, but. It it kind of like spooked me a little seeing seeing her face with with a bunch of wrinkles and stuff. And I've I've looked up videos of of them of their tours after this tour, and it seems like just for the Scotland show, she chose not to wear as much makeup as she usually does. I I don't know if it's because this was like her home venue, or this was like her home country, and she felt very connected to to herself when she was younger. I'm not I'm not really sure, but um, but yeah, and then. The show was like a dream. It was it was incredible. They played they played Afterglow. They played Deadwood. They played Getting Busy with the Fizzy, which was another B side. They they played through everything. They also played some of the the newer songs that I liked and some of their others like some of the stuff off off the rest of their catalog as well. And it was just a dream. Um, the Barrowlands Ballroom is a really special venue. I think is really really gorgeous and historic. And like my dream is to buy a, a flat in in Glasgow across the street and go go to see concerts there every night that's that's my retirement wish um and Shirley talked about how her bands had played at the Barrowlands um as she was coming up um goodbye Mr McKenzie um played there and the, there were there's this thing where um around Glasgow in the area in the blocks around the Barrowlands there would be these streamers that would have the names of previous shows that were held at the Barrowlands. I think it was like a, a an anniversary celebration. And Shirley talked about how the day before the show she found the Goodbye Mr. McKenzie band listing for a show she played there like 30 years earlier. That has to be a trip for her as well. Yeah. Like to come back to a place, you know, because I have theaters I perform at, and it would be wild if, like, 20 years from now I'm doing other things and you come back to that space where it, where formative things happened that at the time you didn't realize how big they were going to be, but you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, these are where I made the choices that got me to where I am now, to where I'm coming back here mm -hmm. <laughs> 30 years from now and doing it. But to find out, oh, that's... That is just some really beautiful coming together of of facets for her and for you. Yeah, and that that is why I wanted to do this podcast. Also, is because I like you know, like I, I talk about how much I love this band, but it has been like a running theme in my life ever since I was a kid. Um, in the next episode, I'm going to talk a little more about how I started following the band after after. Um, after I got really into them, I will say the special video that we watched was the first video that I got to see where it like premiered on MTV after I'd been a fan of the band. And like 
that I think that's partially why that song stuck with me in addition to just it being such a such an amazing concept and such a great video and such a great song um yeah and so so I wanted to share this video because I got to I wanted to tell that story and and really um talk about about how my my love for this album and and these songs has really endured that's really beautiful and a little behind the scenes, uh, I was presented with several options for the theme. And the moment that this one hit, I'm like, this is a song that you open a show with. Mm -hmm. This is an opener. This is going to get people in. And I didn't know at the time that this story came into play, that this whole thing happened, that it literally opened the concert mm -hmm. that is that has all of this serendipity involved with it so even just the fact that as an opener that's the song that i picked really also has a full circle moment too and i did say it sounded very bond i think yeah. i made the joke like this sounds like their james bond audition and the fact that it was a b-side and that it wasn't in the states i wonder if they just thought they know europe knows the bond sound a little better oh yeah than americans do but gosh, I'm so glad that we're going to be able to get this one back into people's consciousness because it's beautiful. It's it's good. It's probably, again, having not even gotten to this song technically on the album, or maybe this is our tech, you know, this is when we're doing it for this album. Uh, this ended up might be my favorite song from the album. Yeah. So, so yeah. So before we record our next episode you're now allowed to listen to push it i think i'm paranoid special and afterglow which you can get off of their their 20th and their 20th anniversary remaster they remastered the album um oh awesome so you can find all of those on on, on spotify and apple music and everywhere next time we're going to be talking about the next three singles from version 2.0 and then we're also going to be talking about we're also going to be talking about their bond theme the world is not enough Afterglow was never on the album. It was nope. only a B-side. Only B-side. Okay, so that's why it's on. That's why it's on the remaster. Is because it wasn't originally included. That's so interesting. Gosh, they really buried this song, which I'm I'm shocked about because it's so great. Yeah. it's so good. I'm I'm glad that Young Alice was uh, able to get a single of this to have because. This song needed to come to Missy <laughs> to be able to hear. Yeah, and and so that is going to do it for this episode of I Thought You Were Special. Thank you, Missy. Thank you so much for having me, Alice. I appreciate it. And as we always say... And as we always say, yes, someone may look like they're getting older, but that's because you're getting older too. We're all getting older. But I thought you were special. I thought you should know.